If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Genesis chapter 19. Go ahead and get your Bible and go to Genesis chapter 19. We want to thank Penny Smith today for painting our red letter poster. She's going to do a great job. Before we go to Genesis chapter 19, I want to kind of give you a little update on what we're getting ready to launch, really, next Sunday. It's called the Red Letter Challenge. And this is what we're going to do for the uh, beginning Lent, which is Valentine's Day. That's an interesting day to begin Lent. How many know it's possible to love your husband and wife and God? So go out to de- eat with your, your, uh, your husband or wife and begin a, what I'm calling a 40-day challenge, the Red Letter Challenge. And we are going to get really serious about making disciples and following Jesus Christ. How many are here today and you want to follow Jesus? All three of you. How many want to follow Jesus? All right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to kick off a, a 40-day challenge. Here's the book. It's called The Red Letter Challenge. And it's a, it's a simple devotional. It's a guide. Uh, it is really, really does a really good job of just walking us through some of the basic principles of Christianity. And so uh, we are going to make these available starting next Sunday. Now, this book costs $20. That's the, that's the cost of the book. And as a church, we are going to invest in you because we believe in you. We are going to match the $10 that you give. We're going to match. And so the cost for you is only going to be $10. Now, if you're here today and you have trouble coming up with $10, you come up and see me and we will make sure that you get a book. If you are here today and $10 is not a problem to you, you may want to give 100 or or 1000 to make sure that every single person gets the Red Letter Challenge book. Can I hear an amen? So there's no excuse for I can't afford it. I can't, I, we're all going to join this and then every day we're going to be reading together and following Jesus following his footsteps through this wonderful book called The Red Letter Challenge. Now, in addition to that, we are going to receive communion every day for 40 days. And we have little packets that are going to be available in the lobby. We're going to have family packets for families and packets also for single men and women. We're going to give you your Ritz crackers. We're going to give you your grape juice with the cups, I'm having trouble here today. So you got your grape juice, you got your crackers, you got your communion cups. We're also going to have a little guide to help you to lead you and your family through a time of communion. So a prayer and the scriptures. So dads, you can lead your family through communion every single day for 40 days. Now, Jesus said, "Do this." to remember me. How many think we ought to remember Jesus more than just once a month? And so this is going to be something crazy. It's going to be something a little different for many of you. Taking communion every single day is going to be a way for you to remember what Christ did. And I really believe that on Easter Sunday, it's going to be an incredible celebration where all of us have, have gone through the devotional together. We've had communion every single day. And here's the last thing, last thing I'm, going to, I'm going to ask you to do. During Lent, we're going to ask you to give up something really big for 40 days. And maybe not give up, maybe add. Maybe you want to, you're going to do your devotional for 40 days. That's, that's sacrificing a little bit of time away from your TV or 
your hobbies, but I want you to go big. Everyone say go big. You know, Christ didn't go almost when he went to the cross. He went all the way. He went 100%. So I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're not going to know what I'm doing. I'm not going to know what you're doing, but we all are going to give up something for him. And I want you to start thinking about it now. Don't wait until next uh, uh, February 14th to start thinking about this. Start praying now, God, what do you want me to give up for you? It could be coffee. Mm, that hurts. It could be going out to eat. It could be taking that money that you go out to eat for 40 days and not go out to eat, and you give that to the hungry and the poor in Central Florida. I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit will, will speak to you, and then we come together on Easter Sunday, we're going to celebrate that we have together followed Jesus Christ as disciples. And I hear a big amen. All right, let's go to Genesis chapter 19. Why don't we follow Jesus the way we ought to? I mean, the scripture's clear. Come follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. But sometimes we don't follow the way we need to. I don't know about you, but there's times where I don't want to follow Christ. There's times where I don't want to be a disciple. I want to be a believer. I want to be a consumer. Jesus says, follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Well, last week we looked at one of the reasons why we don't follow Jesus is because we like to be in control. We like to call the shots. We like to be in charge. We like to be the person who knows it all, and so we don't want to follow anybody because we're leaders. We're type A personality people. We don't want to follow anybody. We are the leaders. And we looked at the scripture where God says he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And when we submit to God, that we are then are able to follow him the way he wants us to, to follow him. Today we're looking at one of the reasons why we don't follow God, Jesus, is because we're living in the past. We're living in the past. Let's go to Genesis chapter 19. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. It's going to be up on your screen. You can see this scripture, a powerful scripture in Genesis chapter 19. And this is uh, Lot, and this is his family, and they are leaving Sodom and Gomorrah. So, uh, God spoke to them through an angel, leave this city Go as far as you can. I'm getting ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for their, for their wickedness, for their sin. Sodom and Gomorrah means a place of corruption. There was all kinds of corruption going on. And the angel came to Lot and his family and said, I want you to leave and I want you to get out of here as quick as you can. You pack your family, get on I-4, and you head south and don't think about coming back. And in Genesis chapter 19, verse 23, it says this. By the time Lot reached Zor, everyone say Zor, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of heaven. Thus he overflew, overthrew all those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also all the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. What a powerful story here in Genesis chapter 19. There's a couple really interesting meanings that, that I want you to write in your Bible, and, and, and sometimes you have to study and you have to dig deep to find out some of these details, but the first detail I want you to see is that Lot and his family, 
left Sodom and Gomorrah, and they went to a city called Zor. Zor, that meaning of that city means insignificant. Insignificant. They camped in that city, Zor, and then God started to rain down on Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible says that Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Now, this is a really interesting detail. And I've been in church all my life, and I have never, ever heard this. And my question as I read this is, doesn't Lot's wife have a name? Why is she called Lot's wife? And I started to do some digging, and I found out that Jewish scholars, great theologians, have uncovered Lot's wife name, and her name means I-D-I-T, in it. Her name means elite or very best. Now, Dee come up with this one when I was studying this week in my office. She said, Pastor Scott, if you add an O to Lot's wife's name, it means idiot. And I thought, that's really, really good. It is pretty foolish, isn't it, to live in the past? We become idiots when we live in the past. And so now here's Lot and his wife. They're leaving Sodom and Gomorrah. They come to this city called Zor, which means insignificant. Her name means the very best. And the Bible says that she became a pillar of salt. And that's why I've got the Morton salt today. Really interesting meaning here. That word there, salt, does not mean that she turned into Morton salt. That word there, salt, means that she turned into a statue. And that is exactly what happens when you and I live in the past. We come to the city of Zor, insignificant. Our name means very best, but because we're living in the past, we can't move forward and we become stationary. Statues. Do you know what people are doing to statues these days? And there's probably somebody on your row today. There's probably somebody near you today that is a lot like Lot's wife. They've been commanded to move forward. They've been commanded to follow Jesus. They've been commanded to, to follow him, and he's going to make us into what he wants us to be. And at our very best, we become insignificant because we've turned into statues, unable to move, unable to follow, unable to go where God wants us to go. And it seems like when you live in the past, you're like living with, a, with a, a ball and chain around your ankles. It just so happens that I have a ball and chain here today. You want to know why we don't follow Jesus? It's because we're, lot, we're like Lot's wife. We're living in the past. Our name means very best but we become insignificant because we're no longer able to follow Jesus because we're chained to something 
in the past. How would you like to walk around with this for a day? How would you like to walk around with this for a week or a month or a year? This little ball and chain is symbolic of the thing that's keeping you from following Jesus Christ. It's called your past. And men and women, every day, put on their ball and chain, and I hope this stays, and they try to follow Jesus Christ. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In just a moment, we're going we're gonna to pray. That just like that ball and chain came off my ankle, that the past is going to come off of your life and you're going to be able to follow Jesus Christ. And I hear amen. All right. Let's look at a couple great quotes on the past that I found this week. Rick Warren says, we are not products of our past. We are products of our past, but we don't have to be prisoners. Powerful. John F. Kennedy says, change is the law of life, and those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. And I love this one. It's up on your screen. The past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. The past is a place of learning, not a place of living. And I'm believing that just in a few moments, there's going to be some of you that are going to come to a place where you're ready to get rid of the ball and chain. You don't want to be like Lot's wife. You don't want to look back and become stationary, and you want to surrender that one thing that is holding you back from fully following Jesus Christ. Let's look at real quickly some incredible scriptures that God gives us on the past. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. Luke chapter 9, verse 62 says, And Jesus replied, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Paul says it this way, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining what is ahead of me, I will press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. And then Isaiah chapter 43, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's talk about real quickly, how do we get past our past? How do we do it, Pastor Scott? I want to follow Jesus. I want to move on. I want to become a disciple. But I feel like I'm always looking back. I love the symbol. We don't live life looking in the rearview mirror. We look at life through the windshield. But there's people here today that you can't move forward 
because you're living in the past. How do we get over our past? Number one, realize that you can never get over your past. You can never get over your past. Now, why do I say that? Because in our society, in our Google search society, we are always very quick to try to get over things. And the goal is to get over things. But I want to tell you here today, there are some things that you and I will never get over. The goal is not to get over things. The goal is to identify them, deal with them, face them, learn from them, and move forward. The goal is not to get over things. There are some things in your life that you're never going to be able to get over. But that doesn't mean you can't have victory. That doesn't mean you can't live by faith. It doesn't mean that you can't move forward. So the goal is not to get over these things. The goal is to address them, identify them, face them, ask for faith in God to give you the ability to move forward and become a follower of Jesus Christ and follow him. And I get an amen. I mean, when you lose a son, when you lose a daughter, when you lose a husband, when you lose a wife, you can't say to somebody, get over it. But you can say to them, you're going to move forward. God's going to give you the ability to move forward in faith. God's going to give you the ability to face this and to deal with it and to learn from it and continue to follow Christ. The goal is not to get over things. The goal is to face things with faith through Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? I remember one time when Tammy and I were just starting to have children. And our our first baby, we had a miscarriage. That was a big deal to me. That was a big deal to Tammy. It was a big deal to both of us. And I remember to this day, going into the church office, I was a youth pastor, didn't know anything, but I knew I was hurting, I knew this was a major deal, and I went to the church secretary, and she said to me, so matter of fact, don't worry, Pastor Scott, you'll get over it. And I thought, that, that, that's not helping much, that's not what I need to hear. So when we're dealing with the past, don't don't say to people, don't worry, you're going to get over it. Because sometimes life throws us things that we will never get over. But we will get through. And we will move on. And we will follow Jesus Christ. Can I get a big amen? All right, so number one, get to know of your past. Realize you can never get over some things. Number two, remember to limit your time with a friend called regret. Regret. Regret wants to hold you hostage. Regret wants to keep you captive. Regret wants to, wants to hold you back. And the three favorite words of regret is would have, could have, and should have. Remember to limit your time with regret. And instead of asking why, ask what? Ask how. Not living in regret but asking God, God, what can you teach me? God, what can I learn from this? I'm not going to ask you why this happened to me. I'm going to ask you, what do you want me to learn as I'm dealing with my past? Don't spend a lot of time with a friend called 
regret. How many have ever regretted something in your past? If you're not careful, that thing will pull you back like a ball and chain, and you'll be unable to move forward because you're living with a friend called regret. I've got great news for you today. God can forgive. God can give you the power to move forward, and you don't have to live with a friend called regret. You can shape your future because you're moving forward following Jesus Christ. Number three, how do we get over our past? Make peace with your past by accepting that you can't change it. Whatever's happened to you, whatever that thing is in your life that is haunting you, you're never going to be able to change what happened. But you can make peace with your past by realizing that you're never going to be able to go back and change it. You can only move forward. In just a few moments, I'm really believing that some of you are going to make peace with your past. You're going to realize that you can't change it. You can't go back. So make peace with it by moving forward and following Jesus Christ. As you follow Jesus Christ, he's going to give you the ability to become all that he wants you to be because you're not living like Lot's wife in the past. You're living by faith. Can I get an amen? I love this one. Number four, how do I get past my past, Pastor Scott? Look and see God's fingerprint on your past. When you look back, you can always see God's fingerprint on your past. Look at me just for a moment. God was there. God was aware. God was with you. God never left you. And whatever that thing is in your past that's haunting you, God was there, and you can see his fingerprint in every detail of our lives. He never left you. He never forsook you. He never abandoned you. The fingerprint of God is always in our past. And thank God for that. Can I get an amen? Look back and see the fingerprint of God. Number five, remind yourself that your past has a purpose. There is a reason for your pain. There is a reason for your past. Everybody has a purpose, and your past has a purpose. Things have happened to you, things have happened to me, and they are not happenstance. They are God's divine sovereignty, and when you look back and see your past, you can always be confident that your past has a future. Can I get an amen? Number six. Bruce, if you come to the keyboard just for a moment. Number six. How do you get past your past? You remove the lies of the past and you trust the truth. You trust the truth. How many know that we have an enemy and his, call, his name is called Satan? The Bible says he's the father of all lies. And you know what the, fa- what, what the father of all lies does? He lies. There's no truth in him. And many people, they're trying to be, they're trying to move forward, they're trying to follow Christ, they're, they're trying to get rid of their past, but they believe the lies of the enemy. If you're going to get over your past, you've got to silence the lies of the enemy, and you've got to trust in the truth of Jesus Christ. The Bible says you will know the truth. Everyone say no. 
See, truth doesn't set you free. Truth, God's word doesn't set you free. Knowing the truth sets you free. And when you know the truth, he will set you free. And I'm afraid that there's some of you here today, you've been believing lies for years. You've accepted what the father of all lies has said to you about your past, and you believed it. And today's going to be a day where we get to silence the lies of the enemy, and we get to trust the truth. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, new things to come. And the enemy has lied to you and told you you're never going to be free. You're always going to live in bondage. You're always going to live in shame. You're never going to be able to move forward. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus says you're going to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Know the truth. Trust the truth. And silence the lies of the enemy. And then number seven. I love this one. You want to get past your past? Surround yourself with healthy people who fill you with faith. Surround yourself with healthy people. Everyone say healthy. Notice I didn't say perfect. Look to your right and look to your left just for a moment. I want you to see that person on your left and on your right. Guess what? They're not perfect. And neither are you. We're not looking for perfect people. We're looking for healthy people. And those healthy people fill you with faith. You know what I believe? That Bell Al Community Church is going to be known as a place where you can come and you can get filled. You can get lifted. You can get filled with God and filled with his presence and filled with his truth. You're not going to get beat up. You're not going to be told how, how bad you are and how you'll never be able to get over your, your past. No, you're going to be filled with the truth of God that says you can be all that God wants you to be. You don't have to camp out in that city zor of insignificance. You can move forward because the truth is that God loves you and he's got a great plan for your life and he wants you to move forward. He doesn't want you to be a statue. He wants you to move forward and follow him. And that happens when you allow healthy people to come alongside of you and fill you with faith. Say that word faith. See, that's a powerful word. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. The Bible says we walk not by what we see, but we walk by faith. And the Bible says this, that we're all called to fight the good fight of faith. Everyone say fight. How many know that following Jesus sometimes requires that you fight? Oh, Pastor Scott, I don't know. I've been told I'm supposed to be nice. I'm supposed to be kind. I'm supposed to be full of love. You are, but you're also at times to put on your fighting gloves. Everybody do this real quick. Do this. Come on. You know I like to do this. Come on. This. Come on. Fight the good fight of faith. When this ball and chain is trying to wrap itself around you and trying to pull you back, you're going to fight the good fight of faith. 
by coming to church and getting in a small group and reading your 40-day red-letter challenge that fills you with faith so that you can fight the good fight of faith. The enemy's pulling on you. I see it. The enemy is trying to draw you back. He's trying to cause you to be like Lot's wife. And the way that you get victory over your past is to fight the good fight of faith, even when you don't feel it. As your pastor, what our family's been through the past five years, there are times where I don't want to fight. Tired, get weary, exhausted, get discouraged. But guess what? When I see you, you see me, we come together and we're worshiping together and, we're, and, and we know that we're all the same goal and the same mission, the same purpose. We're not going to camp out in our past. We're going to move forward. That fills me with faith, and I want to fight. I don't want to be like Lot's wife, living in the past, insignificant, a statue, unable to move forward. I want to live by faith, and we're going to forget the things that are behind us, and we're going to move forward. Now, I'm going to pray for you right now. It's 11.36. I still got five minutes. If you are here today and you have been haunted with the past, constantly reminded of what you did or what happened to you or what took place years ago, and you want to just make a declaration today that today is a new day and you're going to follow Christ. In just a moment, I'm going to have you stand up and we're going to pray. I want you to bury that thing in the past. I want you to take that ball and chain and rip it off and say, God, I want to follow you. I want to be significant. I don't want to be a statue. I don't want to be stationary for the rest of my life. I want to follow you and become a disciple of you. I believe that as you stand, by faith, that thing that has kept you living in the 70s, the 60s, and the 90s, is going to be broken off of you, and you're going to be able to walk free through Jesus Christ. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus no turning back no turning back come on let's say that together I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none
today and you want to be prayed for and you want to mark today February 4th as a day of liberty I want you to I want you to stand up I want you to stand up I'm going to pray for you stand thank you Mary Pastor Scott I want to I want to stand I want to bury the hatchet I want to take the chains off and I want to move forward it's you today just remain standing I'm going to pray for you I believe something supernatural is going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. That voice is going to be silenced in the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to be able to move forward in faith, free through Jesus Christ. Father, we, we're standing here today and we, we're grateful for the the blood of Jesus Christ that forgives us. Grateful today for the power of the Holy Spirit that changes us and makes us from consumers to believers to disciples. Now there's men and women standing in the balcony, there's men and women standing across this auditorium, there's people watching over the internet right now. And Lord, I pray today by the power of the Holy Spirit that you will bring freedom and liberty in the name of Jesus. We curse the voices of the past, the lies of the enemy. And Lord, we speak your truth that when you set us free, you set us free. Lord, help us to face, help us to deal with, help us to acknowledge those things that have happened to us, but help us to turn our back and to follow you 100%. Pray that by your grace and by your mercy that we will be free today to be able to follow you 100%. I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm not going to look back, but I'm going to become a disciple that follows you 100%. I'm grateful for that today in Jesus' wonderful name. Those that are standing, I just want you to lift your hands just for a moment. I just want you to receive the grace, the mercy, the kindness, the forgiveness, all that you need today is available. Just receive it. It's here. It's available. Receive it by faith. And begin to follow him. Free today. I see the chains coming off. I see the ball and chain off. I see the, the liberty and the freedom through the power of the Holy Spirit is available today. We thank you for it. Now just wait just a moment. Something beautiful is happening today. We receive it today, God. Thank you. Give us the ability to fight, fight faith, and to follow you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name. What a beautiful presence here today. 
Beautiful presence. Thank you, Lord. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Sing it to him today. I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. Sing it one more time. I surrender all. And I surrender. happening today. The lies are being silenced. We're accepting the, the truth of what Christ says for us today in our future.